0: Hey One Love Community Crespo here. Thank you for your continued listens and support. We love to hear from you through all of our social media platforms, but did you know you could also send us a voice message through Anchor. Here was the latest from Adrian Hoffman in response to episode 16. Hi
1: guys. Um I'm listening to your podcast about completion and the way the ideas and support are bouncing off of each other are amazing. I love the idea of an ABC slash word book that grows with the child and the child, you know, gets to know the characters at different levels. And I have to say, I don't know who's the fella that wants to do the, the children's book, but the idea about lost ideas, wow. Wow, your friends are right. That's the idea i'd love to steal it from you but i'm not going to make it make it and can have some blank pages where children write down their ideas because you know if you don't write them down in some way you lose them
2: hello hello everyone and welcome to episode what are you 16 17 oh, 17? 17 episode 17 of the one love art sessions our first of 2021. So we're coming in on a bang. Let's go. Uh, So let's let's start with a little bit of housekeeping. As always, um, if you like what you hear, please do us a favor and subscribe. It says it's an easy and free way to support us or you can go ahead and give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts or review us on any podcast platform you're listening to us on currently. Uh, Also, please go to Instagram and follow us at One Love Art Sessions, spelled out One Love Art Sessions. Repost and like our content. A like and repost is free, but is absolutely priceless to us. Uh, as always, I'm James L J, artist, designer, avid game show network watcher. Uh, I am an artist and designer, and uh, I've been working in the New York City area. Uh, for a very very long time and I'm currently working uh, as a product design manager I guess that would be my official title Uh, and if you've been with us before you know I am only one half of the One Love Art Sessions I cannot do this alone so everyone please say hello to my partner in crime my co-host the Carol to my Baskins (laughs) the one and only Crespo Uh,
0: what's up one love community i'm crespo family man artist and educator and the other half of love thanks for joining us if this is your first time here jay and i put together a virtual series called the one love art sessions our goal is to bring talent community together for creativity heart-to-heart discussions and chill vibes for this episode we're traveling to the west coast to cut it up and maybe one day break bread with our brothers from another podcast james and teacher one james shen is a dj producer founder of the la street gallery I like this, I have to add this, he quit his cush corporate job, sold his house, and started a mission to prove that Chinese Americans can make a name in the international DJ and art scene. Teacher One is a veteran artist, skilled in a variety of mediums, most notably stencil work, or at least that's what, I, that's what captures my attention. Teacher works along a unique continuum of the street and studio, uh, creating emotionally evocative images enlivened by deep palettes and rich textures the better to advance narratives and bring more detail into focus for a citywide audience. And together, they are the host of the Painted Town podcast. That's at P-T-T-P show on IG if you want to go follow them right now before we start this conversation. So, fellas, tell us. Uh, We try our best to, to introduce our guests, but sometimes we always miss something. So, teacher, tell us a little more about yourself.
3: Oh, man. Um, I can definitely tell that I didn't write my introduction. It sounded really nice. <laughs> so much better than, and eloquent than I uh, could have said of myself, you know, but that's a typical artist, right? That is. Um, uh, well, let's see. Before, uh, before I was a street artist, um, I was always an artist. Uh, through high school and everything, my, my high school art teacher was this beautiful lady with an amazing body. And uh, she told me about, you know, instead of having to go to college, I could actually go to the, an art school, you know, like where I didn't have to learn all the other shit um, stuff. Excuse me.
0: Nah, um, it's cool. It's cool.
3: Or could? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if we're just. Uh, <laughs> my what my level art we're teacher at here. with
2: an incredible body, but I'm going to uh, apologize <laughs> for cursing. <laughs> well, <laughs> You're already way down the just, rabbit hole, man.
4: Hey, you guys got yeah. to understand. This is like a way more like, formal thing than like what we do we oh, we're like, like yo know, uh, you know we kind of just <laughs> hang out on zoom and sometimes we get high <laughs> too and just talk <laughs> but yeah go ahead It's <laughs> yeah.
3: all good that's 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 about it yeah um, all right. but uh, yeah and and um, I, I basically you know realize I'm partially dyslexic so okay. um, I, I thought that I was just stupid when I was younger you know because I, i'm trying hard and, and harder than all the other kids and they seem to be doing better than me and so i'm like you know what i seem to be pretty good at this art stuff maybe i should go for that um and here's this art teacher that enlightened me upon this you know this art school and i was like man i just i just wanted to do all kinds of artwork to impress her and man one of my favorite things that she would ever do like you know this is for all the guys maybe even some of the girls who knows um you know, whenever she would come around to look at whatever you're working on, she would bend over and put her hands on the desk, and she would always wear these low cut, you know, blouses God, the or dresses or whatever. <laughs> dude at a young age you know like i can't apologize for what my mind did back then i'm just merely informing you no mine was miss williams
4: man mine was miss williams like i still remember my english teacher she was so hot dude i had the same experience (laughs) but i didn't go into english though but anyway sorry you almost
0: did i bet you i bet you considered that (laughs) shit
3: i did i I thought about it
4: it got me out of my esl class you know what i mean shit mrs brogdon
3: (laughs) mrs mrs brogdon was very inspiring and and helped to inspire me and got me off to art school which i ended up getting a bachelor's degree of fine arts which you know um, these days i just i uh, i really wouldn't recommend that unless you're going to go into teaching uh, you know or something some specific um, you know administration job where you need a, a you know master's degree and you need to get a you know bachelor's degree along the way or something yeah. like that because yeah. I ended up doing uh, illustrations um, and and you know for some couple of magazines and then I Quit doing that because you have, to, you have to be good at nagging people you know mm. constantly yelling hey man i'm still in town man look what, look what i just did hey man yeah. you're still around check me out you know and it's like i'm not good at doing that mm. <laughs> so um you know i was doing commissioned paintings of uh actually started doing show horses like arabs and half arabs okay ended up meeting some of the richest people in the world wow. and doing paintings for them okay. and um then it was really not a whole lot went on until the Pentagon thing came around. Um, 2001, nine 11 had just happened. And I decided to do a series of paintings. The First series of paintings I'd ever done before that. I was just trying to sell my shit. Yeah. And so um, I did 12 paintings cause I figured I'd put together a calendar. Cause you can reach more people with a calendar, you know? And so I figured, well, to help make a story about the whole thing. Um, my dad made some nice frames for each one of these paintings I did had, uh, 10 of the world's religious symbols hidden in each painting. Hmm. Basic message. You know what? You want to get along look at the big picture. You start picking out all these little symbols. This is where the problems lie. Anyway, so I figured I would, I made some easels. I figured I'd take them to each crash site from 9-11, put them up on easels, take a photo with the you know crash site in the background to help put together a nice calendar. That's how I ended up at the Pentagon, hmm. And I had gotten a permit to shoot them in front of the Capitol building, and when I was getting that permit from the police department in the Capitol building, I was telling them about, man, I've been trying to reach the Pentagon and this, that, and the other. Like, oh, well, dude, you're going to have this permit. Just show them this permit. You have what kind of camera? I'm just, you know, this little camera, I'm like, oh, dude, you'll be fine. Go on over there. So after I put my paintings up in front of the Capitol building, took a photo, I took them down and drove them over to the Pentagon, drove around, found a nice little grassy spot that had, you know, big enough to where you had the Pentagon in the background, and there was cops and motorcycles all over the place. So. Went to the one closest to me and just to let him know, hey, you know, here's what I'm doing over here. And he goes, no, you're not. I'm like, well, I was just over at the Capitol building and they let me set up over there. I got a permit. He goes, well, let me see your permit. I'm like, well, here's my permit. And he's like, yeah, well, this is for the Capitol building. Okay. This is the Pentagon. So I'm like, oh, man. Hmm. <laughs> just like, okay. She saved the day, man. I don't know okay. what they do without you.
4: <laughs> has um, her, has but- your whole career been about? people saying like nah you can't paint here and then you're like well I got this permit <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just wondering I'm noticing an actual parallel he's, from he's, before he's, when you were a street artist dude I uh, never really looked
2: at it
0: that way just, he's been st- he's I, still using the same permit he's still I, using,
2: I, I envision <laughs> him getting pulled over for speeding and just handing over the permit for the Capitol. well I have this permit and he's like nah, 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 this is not gonna help you,
3: I, I had well for at least for a while I don't know if those numbers are still the same but I had some phone numbers of the uh I guess the guy in the um, manager's office in the Pentagon and the guy in the commercial uh, division in the Pentagon, and there are two phone numbers, you know, I'm, I could uh, legitimately say, Hey, you call this number and they'll validate me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it, okay. So what happened was this guy gave me a number to call. And so I called that number and I got an answer machine. And I'm like, you know, left a message. Hey, you know, whatever, want to set some paintings up and there's my number. I told the guy, yeah, it was just an answering machine. Goes, That's about all I can do for you. Sorry. I'm like, I drove up from Florida to, do, mm. to get that shot. Luckily, I had some family in New Jersey, so I went and visited them and everything. Then I got back out to California. This guy calls me up <laughs> of and says, hey, um, can't let you set the paintings up inside the Pentagon, but if you'd like to set up and work on a painting – no, 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 I'm sorry. If you'd like to put the paintings inside the Pentagon, we'll do that. And I'm like, dude, that – that seems infinitely more complex. Like, all I want to do is set them up outside and take a picture. It wouldn't take 20 minutes. You guys don't have to do anything. But you want an okay, no, you're going to allow me to put my paintings inside the Pentagon? That's so okay. Cool. Now, yeah, of course. <laughs> a friend of mine from back home, I used to airbrush t-shirts in a little tourist area. And he was like, dude, why don't you sit up next to your paintings in the Pentagon, like airbrush t-shirts and sell them and uh i don't know if you can tell by that accent but i come from a redneck area in florida um but i was like dude they're not gonna let me airbrush in the fucking pentagon okay so um but i was like you know if they're gonna let me sit there and be on my paintings and no one's coming around i'm gonna get bored i'm gonna see i'm gonna call and see if they let me work on a painting and the guy i didn't find this out until later the original guy that i talked to was on vacation when i called to get permission to do this and the guy's like yeah you're gonna be right outside the building manager's office between corridors one and two, you know, second floor near the A ring. No problem. You know, cause he thought this other guy had gotten an NASA permit for me to be there. Huh. So come to the day I'm supposed to be there in there, the first day I'm staying at a hotel room and they're like, uh, yeah, we got a problem. You have to wait till tomorrow. Huh. I'm like,
0: okay. Just keep stacking.
3: And so the next day I go in, I'm sitting outside the Metro entrance. For about an hour and finally this guy comes out and get, gets me rick dawkins brings me in and we're sitting in the office and um there's the associate building manager the deputy building manager um and two other higher ups and dude there was something going on and like i'm just sitting on the couch watching everything and finally one guy was close enough to me i didn't feel like i was intruding and i'm like hey man what, what's going on and he's like you care <laughs> what's going on I'm like, all these guys are in here because of me. He goes, well, you know, didn't have the right permit for you. You know, we got to figure out what to do. With you. you know, we got in here. You got your paintings and stuff. And you're not supposed to be here. So, you know, we got to figure out what we're doing here. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll just sit back down and then chill. You let me know. I'm right here. <laughs> they let me sit up. The third day, this guy happened to come back from his vacation. He just got reprimanded big time. Every day I went into the metro entrance, I'd have to call in. That day he got on the phone. With him, I don't know what you're doing in here. It's just supposed to be the paintings. Inside. And I'm like, whoa, Jeremy Cuthbertson. Ooh, he was not happy with me. I come in, get all set up and everything. He comes back out and he's like, "There's the original paperwork. See, just the paintings. Not you. You can stay here the rest of the day. But then that's it. It's just the paintings." But, dude, it had already, like, the first day went down, and second day, like, people were bringing me coffee and donuts and thanking me for being there and everything. Like, it went over 10 times better than I ever thought it would have. Oh, man. And people kept stopping by, and they'd be like, What are you trying to sell the paintings? And what's going on? I'm, no, no, no. I just want to give you guys something else to look at. You know, I'm here working on the painting. I'll be working on it till I'm done. And I'm like, How did you get in here? I'm like, Well, building, building management. Well, <laughs> the, uh, the second week was different. All of a sudden, all those people that I told, including some two star generals, went in and were like, "Dude, you guys are awesome. Thanks for getting this guy in here man i're going you know recommend you guys for you know all kinds uh-huh. of you know uh, rewards and shit you know so that following week, I was like the prince of the Pentagon. They called me the <laughs> resident <laughs> artist of the Pentagon
0: hey, check that out wow That's I awesome. ended up
3: going back like seven times i'm still supposed to together some kind of program where they have either one or two stations where for a week at a time you know like during business hours when most of the people are in the Pentagon you come in you sit there you work on your painting you got some of your shit around you yeah. and dude it, it, it just I started there and then I started going to other places military bases but then it expanded to police departments fire departments courthouse complex um, City Hall mm. and then I realized you know what I'm basically turning art into a community service in a way because I'm taking art to the people who are, commu- are doing, you know, service to the community, yeah. and it has much more of an effect when they get to see it happening, you know, when they get to see it developing, as opposed to just bringing in some paintings and just sitting them there. When they get to see the artist there, and they, when I start, I'm there with a blank canvas, maybe a sketch down, and then I just start painting. You know, there's always an awkward conversation. There always was. I'd, my hometown in, Dest- in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. I went to the, the police department. I'm like, hey, you know, I uh, wanted to see about working on a painting in here, you know, possibly like that area right over there, that empty area. Is there anything going No, no. no. Now, what? You want to do a mural on the wall? No, 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 no. This is actually a it's a project that started in the Pentagon. Oh, well, okay, yeah. You just let me know and we'll get that. <laughs> uh, do you have a well? Do you have a phone number we can call to you know? And I'm like, here you go. <laughs> and he, they would call it and they're like okay yeah sure no problem man we'll just get you set up in here and they didn't know they would never understand exactly what I was talking about until once I was there so once I was there they're like oh my god you're gonna are you gonna you're gonna be here later and can I see this like when you're done like yeah I'm gonna be here all week until I am done with it well
4: that kind Teacher,
0: of yeah go ahead go ahead I was
4: saying that 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 kind of like was teacher's previous art career before he became a street artist <laughs> before um, I became a vandal yeah, I mean, but but you know, uh, it's like kind of like public got arrested
3: art. and spent the night in jail.
4: <laughs> yeah, pu- <laughs> public Cheers. art and community service, you know what I mean, and things like that. So you know, I connected with teacher when um, he became a, a street artist. Actually, I think like in two thousand and ten, eleven, they were t- taking budget cuts from um, the uh, education right, and in in California. So basically, teacher started doing some graffiti, and he started doing. Uh, the teacher moniker and you came up with that around 2011 right teach
3: yeah actually it was 2000 the end of 2010 okay and um yeah dude i I came out i moved out to to california and didn't like the way they do the propositions out here with voting it's like they they take a a thing and then they shove in some and it's like you gotta fuck one thing in order to get something else you know and i'm like (laughs) You know, and I when I first came out here, I saw some graffiti. I'm like, man, I want to do that, but I couldn't think of anything. So when this came up, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do graffiti, but I'm gonna use it as an activism. And since my wife was the one that showed me the article in the newspaper, she's from Europe. She's amazing, very very intelligent. Um, you know, kind of blaming it on her. So she's like, yeah, okay, I'll support you. And uh, like I said, when I when I did get arrested, she came and bailed me out. So well, I think- uh, but it was yeah. All it right. was right around then that James did a. Uh, I, his uh, guys got in touch with me and, and asked if I'd be down to let them do a uh, an interview. They are putting together some interviews.
0: For the LA and Street Gallery.
3: For yeah, LA Street Art Gallery.
0: All right, yeah. so hold on, so hold on, teacher, because yeah. now at this point, uh, before we get too deep into LA Street Gallery, I do want to know, James, how you got your, how you got all wrapped up in this, because uh, yeah. so that cush job, what was it? I was a Ooh, pharmaceutical yeah. sales rep, man. A a pharmaceutical sales like, yeah. rep. A, yeah. a drug
3: dealer. Technically, that's a drug dealer. Where know, I you come know, from.
4: I always say, like, uh, have you seen that movie, Loving Other Drugs, with Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal? <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> the- I know the rest of this because I heard you, I heard a previous interview. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate to point. be
4: repetitive, and I don't no, want to say okay. the same thing in every no. single interview. But it does lead up to how L.A. Strug Gallery got started. Okay. Basically, you know, um, I, I, I basically was always a DJ since college, man. And then I had this job where I basically had to deliver drugs to different doctors, man. And it was in the Melrose area. And, you know, all the street art started popping up. So I started taking pictures of it. And we started, I noticed that there was, like, no community, um, even though there was a bunch of these artists, right? There was, like, a, uh, not really a hub where um, artists can kind of get together and talk. So we just started this page called L.A. Strayer Gallery on Facebook. And then- uh, started the posting. name.
0: Yeah, That's, yeah. I
3: mean, like, no one had the name. I, I <laughs> thought, that, name I thought alone, that was
0: incredible when I first heard, when I first started listening to your podcast and 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 uh, I heard I heard teacher mention that in one of the one of the conversations that L.A. Street Gallery was just there for the taking.
4: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was just like, wait, wait, it's here for the taking. And The whole <laughs> thing is like, there's a movement, and L.A. is like one of the hubs. Like, what the fuck, you know? And then right. so um, at that point in time, I was like, you know what? I, honestly, for uh, the you know being a pharmaceutical rep it was it's a nice cush job for like a housewife man like you know you go in
3: you drop, <laughs> awesome, you drop off calling some yourself dogs. a housewife
4: <laughs> oh well that, that's why i had to get out of there man like straight up my job we all like, had dreams, <laughs> dreams. We all have dreams. <laughs> yeah i mean we I had a cater i had a cater lunches for like doctor's offices get to know the front desk ladies you know chatted up with them and then so you can get like two minutes in the hallway with the doctor basically and then all you're saying is like, my drug, I was selling a, a high blood pressure medication called um, uh, a Darby and also some acid reflux. Nothing fun, you know, nothing fun right. like boner pills. No blue or, pills for you. Uh, no, no no, Adderall, <laughs> no boner pills or anything like that. You know what I mean? No, no, nothing like that. But, you know, you can stand in the hallway and basically you're just like, hey, doctor, what's up? My drug's named this. You're kind of just reminding them to prescribe, right? So to be honest, I understood the system. I, I, at that time, I was like, man, I hear that healthcare you give them a little bit for
3: free you know here's yeah.
2: some little tasters well, also i heard guys. that healthcare
4: care cost was like going up all the time and i'm like dude i'm just sitting here like literally doing nothing every single day but catering lunches and like saying hi to the doctor and saying my drug name i just felt really useless you know and i realized i was like man like i thought like you if you have the money and you have like a nice job and you can kind of relax like you'd be happy right you know but not i wasn't happy because uh um, at nighttime, I was moonlighting still as a DJ, you know, and I, I just DJ at clubs and stuff like that. And I'd sunk all my passion into that. And I would just mm-hmm. do this mindless job of delivering drugs every single day to the doctors. And my highlight was taking pictures of street art along the way of different offices, basically, you know. So, um, so it kind of leads into the story of how I met Teacher, actually. So during that period of time, we kind of chose a few artists. Just it's to- like one incident
3: away from being a, a serial killer i'm, killing. I'm, I'm killing. killing I'm kidding Hey, you are
4: and then so uh, at that time you know we picked a few artists that i felt like had um some pretty like uh, good messages out there and i feel like would be in the scene for a long time because you know people jump in and out of street art all yeah. the time they they think of a sticker and they're like oh i'm gonna be the fucking greatest i'm gonna be Shepard Fairy, man this sticker is gonna be the shit you know what i mean and, you know they 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 do one run they do it all and then they give it to their friends and then they kind of fall off you know what i mean we all know those people right yeah so um we picked a few artists and kind of just followed them along and it's almost been um 10 years now since we've been doing that and uh you know it's just great to still have these uh artists it has been 10
3: years it's 2021 dude
4: well actually officially it's going to be uh march actually that that um we we started this whole thing. You know what I mean? So it hasn't yet, but uh very close, you know. If it wasn't for the pandemic next I'm,
3: month, excuse me. <laughs> fuck you.
4: I'm sure we'd be throwing some uh 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 you know party of some sort to kind of like gather everybody because we have No 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 Yeah, we can't do that though because we're Not in California. Yet. Yeah, so I mean the thing is like you know, for my music stuff, man, I've always kind of just like worked on it uh on the uh side as well too. And after I quit my a uh, pharmaceutical job, you know, I just started working on L.A. street Gallery of Music, man. Teacher just put on a, uh, a, a
3: mask um, of some <laughs> yeah, sort. Yeah,
0: yeah we, don't, we don't have a video component at the moment. We'll just be... We'll I'm, be on I'm
3: COVID safe now. You, can, well, you guys can, you <laughs> can do whatever you want. Well, if you're listening it's, to this I'm, podcast,
4: I'm you can go to our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash yeah. L.A. Gallery, and you can check out this episode on video, man, because, uh, you know, you can also check out some of the old videos, that we've had on there from like ten years ago, like you can check out the video of when we first interviewed T-shirt. This guy was a young man, dude. You know, what I mean, he 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 had like. shoulder you, dude. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, dude, you could just watch him. Okay, like, so I had more hair.
3: I did have more hair. Okay.
4: <laughs> you know. And right, so. lot, well, we always yeah, joke Logan about was, that. Uh, a
3: lot less great. Yeah, so man. I mean,
4: sure. at the end of the day, I just felt like some of my
3: hair, hair just fell off. Then look at that. See, it just. <laughs>
4: Nice haircut, by the way. You didn't stay. You didn't keep the uh the fucking mullet.
3: No, it no. <laughs> so,
0: so James, just uh, just uh, I get I guess to close up the the part of of you DJing. Um, are you're still currently DJing though?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm from California. I'm from Los Angeles. I'm born, uh, it, you know, Monterey Park, San Gabriel Valley. If you know the local neighborhoods, man. And <clears throat> you know the thing about LA is everybody, at least before everybody comes here for like oh i'm trying to make it you know i want to make it as a dj i want to make it as an artist i want to make it as a music producer or something like that and actually there's like a lot of talented people here locally too and sometimes we just kind of like do the local la scene man and yeah. the cool thing about street art is that it allows us to connect with people like you guys on the east coast it allows us to go to uh <clears throat> europe and then immediately have like friends uh, uh you know it's like a brotherhood of people man and yeah. you know it's of artists and creatives. so it's just like i found myself that you know i don't really uh understand how the music industry works to be honest you, you know mm. what i mean maybe i'm not like good looking enough or something maybe i'm you, you know what i mean maybe i need to actually be <laughs> from fucking asia and be imported into the music industry but you know i'm plugging away at you know working on music all the time and uh okay. you know I've, I've been working uh i used to like uh, work for a pretty well-known uh uk dj as the producer as well too for their radio show so like i said i've just been all around creative and the reason i quit my quote-unquote cush job man is because you know i just want to tell people it's like if you're slaving away at your mindless job man and just for a paycheck man you're a fucking whore dude so quit that shit and do what you're passionate about you know unless you
3: have kids and you need to support then
0: it's different hold it in don't have kids (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah if you don't have kids go for it seriously if you if you don't have anything holding you back um but yourself then uh yeah uh, if you had some uh, dreams and aspirations uh fucking uh, go for them definitely are you guys but married as, uh,
0: what so,
4: are you guys married
0: oh yeah i'm married yeah, with a married? kid With a kid, yeah oh, oh but
3: i'm yes. not married to yes. jay though
2: uh, no no no, no, no. <laughs> we're not married that's to each other what i was
3: like dude okay <laughs>
0: um
3: <laughs> okay no you know yeah, what no, it's, it's funny, funny man it's funny no, i'm like didn't strike me that way
2: at all <laughs> he's a oh, well, great guy he's bad, but no well I'm I'm married just, to I, opposite people
4: <laughs> i'm actually in the minority i guess then like uh you, you know i almost got married one time man but
3: uh, uh you know <sighs> i was the
4: missile
1: <laughs> <laughs> but
4: the cool thing is like you know what um like i didn't and i have happiness and time <laughs> there you <laughs> to, like, go they like do shit so anyways the pandemic has been pretty chill for me you know what i mean just like i, I social distance and isolate myself anyways because i'm not married anymore. oh you know
3: what the, the the um the podcast has been really kind of a savior during the the pandemic as far as giving us you know not only something to do but just outreach and and, and talking to other people and stuff um, we kind of obsessed on it and did like, I don't know, was it three or four times the number of <laughs> podcasts? Yeah, we used to do COVID. What are you doing? Nothing. Time, they do man. Another? Okay, you want to do another one? Okay, let's do another one.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to get together on the weekends or like, uh, you know, if we, um, you know, have some time. And the thing is like the good thing about uh, the pandemic is that most people aren't doing anything nowadays, right? Yeah. And it doesn't take too much uh, out of their time to do a, like an hour Zoom conference. And thing is, like, actually, it's like we did, like, triple the amount of episodes we did the first two seasons um, <clears throat> in the third uh, season because there's just so much time. We already had a built-in audience uh, before the pandemic started, you, you know, to start uh, to yeah. listen. So a lot of people wanted to come on. So we're just like, hey, uh, we, we got time, you know, to come on. So we kind of limited it to a week that we were doing um, when we would sometimes only do two a month before, you know, so, right. um,
3: the cool thing, and you know what, this is, this is like a therapeutic thing for us. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you, you wonder like, why, why do guys do podcasts like this? And, and, um, you know, if we don't have like big sponsors right away, how do we keep going with it or whatever it's because it's like a neuroplasticity type of a thing. You know, we're, 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 we enjoy, um, having conversations and, and giving people an opportunity to get art, to know artists in a different way and in a different medium, and when you do something like that for somebody and you're not expecting anything at all in return, um, man, it's just like a not only a mental but a physical well-being that comes with it as well. Um, and I told James, i like, dude, I don't care, you know, what the fuck happens with, you know, if we get a like huge sponsors or whatever, um, I can do this till the day I die. You know, like when, maybe not till the day I day when I get old and shit People are like dude you're fucking up, you got the dimensions really fucking with the whole show, okay, you like repeat yourself three times and it's, it doesn't work anymore, okay, just it, okay you know, um when James first asked me, um it was uh you know years ago and and I you know remember, yeah, yeah, I'd like to do that, that'd be good, you know, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, I get a fucking time to do that I don't know and and also. Also, the other thing that was in the back of my mind was I remember at that time he had asked me I had done um, a, a podcast not long before and uh, it was you know about an hour long forty five minutes or something like that and I just remember I said like a ton I told a bunch of stories and everything and then I glanced over and it had only been ten minutes. and i was like dude how are we gonna fill an hour like night after you know like show after show after show you
4: missed one part teach like a lot of times teach would have art shows and he would ask me hey i need a dj to kind of like dj the art show Mm -hmm. and you just come by and like kind of like be some sort of entertainment for people when people come in and things like that right so I, i had done that for him for two shows and then whenever uh like i would have the show with him i was like oh dude like teach i love his art we always have great conversation, actually, I, and then um, sometimes I chat with him on the phone about the setup of the uh, the art show, and then we would kind of get carried away and talking about random shit. And then uh. I was like, "Dude, we can definitely, I, mm-hmm. I can definitely yeah. do a podcast with this guy." I was looking for somebody to do a podcast with, and Matt, it, believe it or not, I actually had the idea of doing the podcast back in 2011 when we started. But the thing is, like, uh, we had we had to resort to interviews actually because, I mean. People don't really want to talk to you for an hour. Yeah, right? it's not easy. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly. Open door policy. or are like, right. oh, why are you on? Okay, here I come.
1: And, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Especially if like, you don't
4: know who you are, right? You know what yeah. I mean? After like 10 years, people establish, okay, like, Ellie Strike Gallery, we know them. We know they're not cops. We, we know <laughs> what, what, what their motivation is, right? We you know that
3: fucking asshole teacher got arrested, so
4: he's all right. <laughs> exactly. And, and things like, you know, for us, and talking about sponsors and things like that, we actually want to bring this up because we actually have a new paint line coming out. It's (laughs) called, uh, go spray paint. Okay. And the thing is like, it's actually, you turn this around and it's the OG spray paint. okay? Ah, there you go. Right. And it's actually made by, um, it's made by, uh, Seymour spray paint, which is actually the inventor of spray paint. Edward Seymour. He's actually the OG inventor of spray paint in 1947 actually so before you gotta think about this before before that there was no like spray paint going on you you know what i mean people were just like maybe like drawing on the wall with paintbrush right technology didn't really allow that so we actually went to the original uh founder of spray paint which is one of my customers actually and then they literally the og they did a private label for us so uh follow go spray paint on uh instagram and then you'll uh we're gonna be giving out some cans and having some Whoa. events and things Whoa. like that james
2: when is that hey, what were they spray painting in 1947 like the side of malt shops like what were they
3: well, well <laughs> you know actually everything you know, anything and everything <laughs> that can be sprayed do you know
4: about um do you know about uh food i mean um boo is here i i yeah, only knew uh, about
0: it from from you guys talking about oh, it okay I didn't okay oh, shit, it.
4: okay yeah well <laughs> let me let me b- bring it up too uh basically in the trenches okay of uh during the world war during the world war australians basically uh do I, I you gotta let, let me share the screen or else i won't be able to bring it up jay can we uh, do that
2: uh give me a second let me i got you
0: if anyone listening uh, on a podcast we'll 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 figure out if, like again like uh like james the teacher said whatever you can't see in the podcast Head over to their YouTube channel and, and you'll yeah. be able to catch it. YouTube.com. I
2: didn't know. Alistair gallery. I totally forgot there was going to be on YouTube. I didn't even, I would have got my makeup done. I would have. <laughs> <prettyed up. laughs> no worries. Well, no I combed worries.
3: your beard. Dude, you look fine. You look great. I got beard yeah. in me. Oh, there I try is. to okay. grow a beard like that. I look, I look you know, like, you like- in
2: deliverance.
4: <laughs> There's two images that are kind of like the original graffiti images. Boo was <laughs> here or Kilroy was here, basically. I'm sure you guys have kind of seen. Yeah, we know those. Yeah, right. I've seen it
2: before. Yeah. yeah,
4: this is this is happening. You uh, you know, you know post war, maybe a Korean War and things like that, or uh, some there's Australian graffiti. Sometimes it says World War One. I'm like, I don't know about that because spray paint wasn't even invented there. But they could have been drawing it on the walls. You, you, you sure.
2: Know. <laughs> yeah. Right.
4: Right. <clears throat> so it's just a pretty interesting story, and for us, man, I just feel like. Uh, me as a DJ, I've always just loved underground culture, man. I go to underground raves. I DJ underground raves. That's where I feel at home, man. I want to go into a fucking shady-ass area with graffiti on the wall and then find a dope-ass party, like, where I find Do some seedy things. You know? You know yeah, to, I, it's I, very
2: I've, uh very European. Well, no, like going okay. into places in Europe, they're kind of like that. Very, <laughs> that's true,
4: but I have been yeah. to places in Brooklyn, too, man. I've, oh, I've true, gone, very I've true. Gone to, uh, I've gone to some dope-ass, like, a uh, uh raves in in uh, um you know brooklyn new york and things like that man and the vibe there is just super cool man i love like Mm -hmm. when you go to raves in new york people are always up with their fashion man like you know (laughs) you know know, like for 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 west coast people man i feel like everybody's just there in like jeans and t-shirt but you know in new york sometimes it's cold outside you got to get your nice jackets on you got to get your kicks boots on you, you know what i mean so like just go there and check out some cool new york fashion sometimes too
2: Uh, that's that's actually a perfect segue thank you for that uh i feel like i paid you to to do that (laughs) Um, because (laughs) because you know every episode that we do uh here has has a name and the name of this episode we decided was west coast uh we like to you know we like to focus on a different topic and obviously where with you guys coming from the west coast it was a no-brainer right uh so what we wanted to really do was explore Mm -hmm. the effect uh the region of that region on art forms. So James, I guess you can start. Can you tell us uh, what Cali has done for you and your career? Like how's, you know, what's the, what's the effect?
4: Yeah, well, you know, I'm born here, man. So first of all, it's home, you know? And second of all, uh, I I always see it like this, like New York, it's a walking city, you know, LA it's like so much more massive because we got to drive in terms of like longer distances, you know, and then, Uh, I always just feel like all these like L.A. streets, man, there's just like so much cool culture going on. You you know, it's L.A. is inspired by the streets. If you think about it, um, you know, just the West Coast hip hop, man. You you know, before that, L.A. The L.A. sound in the 80s was the Sunset Strip, man. Okay, you (laughs) were talking hair metal. And before that, in the 70s, it was like the Eagles were the L.A. sound, you know, and then before that was surf rock. So it wasn't until like. The late 80s and the 90s and because of all the rioting and all the kind of bullshit going on in the inner cities man that hip-hop and this just this gangster flavor just overtook los angeles man so it seeps into everything that we do it comes into our music it goes into our graffiti it goes into with the way we dress man and uh it's just very inspired by kind of like hood culture man so uh for cali for me it's just like i know uh you know I grew up here and, um, you you know, I know the neighborhoods that I I, I basically I'm familiar with and there's just different boroughs. It's very segregated, you know, so we get kind of like a spectrum of the entire world, just like you guys do get in New York. But we are a little bit more segregated. You can't just walk down the streets, Chinatown to get some good Chinese food. You might have to drive like fucking 45 minutes in traffic. You you know what I mean? mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, anytime I've been to LA, it's like, oh, it's that's, that's only uh, you know, five miles away, and it takes like thirty minutes. <laughs> oh, it's only three blocks away; it takes thirty minutes. Like, can I ask you what? I, I think I got I got stuck in traffic one time during uh, an award show, and I think that oh. was the worst. I was oh, yeah. I was in traffic for like two and a half hours.
4: Oof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, like, most people when they come to visit LA, if you're if you know about LA, I mean, you probably only go past a certain freeway like a 110 or something like that but actually all the people who are uh in transplants they they move like closer to downtown all the people that grew up and that considers themselves la that goes all the way like an hour east of central, downtown la and you'll people will still say i'm from la you, you know even if they're <laughs> even if they're from like san bernardino sometimes which is riverside county which is closer to the desert already they'll if they're if they're somewhere else in the world if they're from new york they ask where you're from they probably say la you know what I mean? right just because it's closer you know so yeah. can i ask you guys what boroughs are you
0: from i'm
2: originally from manhattan, oh, okay. Nice. I'm manhattan. okay
0: yeah not me i'm a, i'm always been a suburb a suburbs boy i grew up on long island so I, i've never actually lived in new york city
2: okay dude i feel like yeah long people island- people from long island those, those are the ones when they go other places they go yeah i'm from new york city you know? never <laughs>
4: That's the same, <laughs> same exact thing. It's the same, thing. It's, it's the the same, same thing. thing. it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like, no, Those are
2: desert people. For us, for us.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. For us, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's LA County, right? I don't know how your counties work, but like Los Angeles County pretty much goes, like, I would say an hour uh, east of the coast. I mean, sorry, an hour east into the coast. You know, you'll still be part of LA County. So, I mean, you, you technically are still part from LA right so mm-hmm. there, there you go like how are there counties like it's different counties in in Long Island outside
0: of New York City so outside, outside of New, of New City, York City, City it's yeah. all counties yeah so like on Long Island it's Nassau County and Suffolk County okay. uh, so I, I live in Nassau County but yeah the okay. boroughs are their own you know their own independence and then once you leave then you get to you get to uh, Westchester is a county and then so on and mm-hmm. so forth like we build up out into the state is it true that
4: people like kind of like they go to New York City to start working, and then when they want to have families, they settle down in Long Island? At least that's what I learned from friends, man. I'm just saying. Nah, I'm, I'm I moved to
2: Jersey. I <laughs> didn't go in that direction.
0: I think that's an old thing, but but not not wrong. Uh, probably, but an older mindset though, like from generations past.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I see. No, most. I mean, it's still. I mean, for the most part, most people will, uh, you know. If they move to the city or they're from the city, be here in their their twenties, maybe part of their thirties. But once you start a family, there's a large segregation that'll move outside of the city. Or if you have money in your pocket, a lot of them you'll see them gravitate toward, you know, the wealthier areas of Brooklyn now and okay. things like that. So Brooklyn's become a very like young hipster family. Uh, what, about, borough. What, what about like
4: upstate man? Do you like how do how do the the city people view is it the same as like the Long Island people? Like um, or upstate New York is like a little bit different. So well, upst- everything
2: everything past the Bronx is 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 Canada. So <laughs> anything that's Canada.
0: Uh, so I, I think I, I think uh, what happens is it, it it takes a while. It's like a gradual uh, experience for for you to leave that city mindset. So going up into Yonkers, going up into Westchester, but then upstate New York and West New York are they consider themselves two different things as well um Mm. so uh i don't to say upstate new york i mean you know i guess towards the playoffs we all became we all became bills fans because it was our last (laughs) you (laughs) know what i mean so everybody's trying to hold on to something new york are you guys
4: football fans (laughs) yeah okay like you know i'm a casual fan man my team is the raiders man they they were here when i was a kid but you know they're they're coming back you know we got that new stadium in new york it's gonna be cool but how you guys feel about the Super Bowl, man. I mean, you guys got. Any uh,
2: picks? I'm a 49ers fan, so.
4: Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, like so. you know what? When I was a kid, I I loved Joe, watching Joe Montana play too. So yeah, I, of course. I man, have of a soft course. spot for uh, uh, the Niners, even though I'm a Raider fan. You know, like I'll yeah, go to a Niners yeah. game, man. But I, I before in the Black Hole, man, I will go. I won't go to the Black Hole, man, to go to a Raider yeah.
2: game. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a 49ers fan, and I'm a whatever team is playing against Tom Brady fan, so. <laughs> That's why I <laughs> am for the Super Bowl.
0: I guess we know who he's going for. I think the Super Bowl is going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely I definitely have this argument all the time that sometimes the conference championships are better than the Super Bowl because by the time those two teams meet, it may not be the best from both both conferences. but um, mm-hmm. this one in particular, I think I think we're going to see something epic, so I'm ready well, for it.
4: Well, check this out, man. I always say like, you know, Tom Brady, man, people always say like, "Ah, oh, dude, that guy fucking has everything in life that guy's dating giselle he fucking has like six super bowl rings, man when does this guy fucking have have enough right you know what i mean but
2: people
3: is a listen. genetic freak people don't understand how do you genetics. feel about how do you how do what's you that the,
4: how do you feel about tom brady i'm just curious like we talking- stoked man
3: i think he's inspiring a lot of uh <laughs> you know guys that are getting concerned they're getting old not able to produce much anymore you know i mean <laughs> fucking a man he, he go from a number one team to the absolute last team Worst and bring team him there. into the fucking super bowl it doesn't you can't really go much further higher you know than that
0: <laughs> so but he's
3: saying that he's okay with playing past 45 yeah. from what yep. i understand so he say that let, wait till he gets to be my age okay let's see how he's yeah. walking around let's see how the, but you know what by that time they could have some kind of stem cell research injection thing or whatever it's like a new knee or hip or whatever. Like yeah, there it go, 50 <laughs> time, <man." laughs>
0: He's gonna well, have cyborgs. will have cyborg legs, like uh, Darth Maul. who will be out there playing. I
2: <laughs> like
3: <laughs> that. He's man. good. He's a, like, yeah. obviously. He's a great fucking quarterback. He's yeah. not going out past his time. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. people saying, "Hey, man, look, like, like your, your your team is like, you know, you're not dead last, but you're not." I mean, he's fucking number one. So yeah. as long answer. as you're close to number one and you dig doing it fucking go for it man just just be ready just be ready for that 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 either handful of fucking pain pills or or cvds or whatever you're going to be doing because there's the pain is coming mm. the pain the is coming Tom Brady that <laughs> i always respected man is
4: people always feel like this guy is like he has everything in life but think about this man when he got drafted he was like a sixth round draft pick dude Yeah, you
1: know, yeah that yeah. guy was he sitting on low. the
4: fucking bench like fuck nobody wants me god damn it like you know what i mean yeah. like mm-hmm. you know and that's that's why i like you know like I, he, he does, I did so well he got pissed
3: i was like i'm gonna show you motherfuckers you know, you know six round.
4: And yeah <laughs> to me that's like a comeback story if, if you look at it from that point of view you, you know what yeah. i mean he, like he, he hasn't and you know I, I like for me for myself like i went through puberty pretty late man so i was always like a catch-up guy you, you know what i mean i'm always <laughs> I was, like, the smallest fucking guy. All my friends are fucking taller than me, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so, like, I understand, like, first of all, being picked last and shit like that, you know? And second of all, it's just, like, coming back from the behind and then, like, kind of, like, working your way. Because at the end of the day, it's a long journey, right? And, uh, you know, so th- I do respect him about that. But goddamn, dude, he's very hateable. He, you, know, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like... <laughs> but...
3: and he doesn't care if you hate him i mean come on he doesn't give oh yeah i love that video of
4: him and gronk man this the second video dude that they 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 redid the the p diddy bad boys for life thing i was (laughs) like i had that face just stuck in my fucking head i was like this motherfucker dude what can you say man what can you say You, you know what i mean but
2: <laughs> all right let's come back around here teacher but yeah let's circle tom but i don't know how we got to tom brady <laughs> and i'm gonna have to re-listen to this episode to figure out <laughs> how we got did. that That's far down we... the rabbit sorry but sorry. no 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 it's no it's so amazing going, it's organic conversation else now anything else no, but we're <laughs> gonna other than this no but let's circle back on let's circle back on you then and why don't you kind of dive in and maybe we'll end up on lebron why don't you dive in and tell us? Um, how, you know, the West Coast has influenced your art.
3: The, uh, the West Coast um, kicked me in the balls uh, really hard. And then when I was bent over holding my nuts, it fucking put its full foot right up into my ass. Um, as far as art goes, like, um, you know, I thought I was some kind of shit. And um, actually, I, I, art and volleyball started with volleyball. That was the first right. stumbling. Like, I was some kind of shit in Florida, you know, because I'm, I'm 6'3", and I can jump pretty fucking high for a white guy. And um, I was pretty good in Florida, you know, and thought I was going to come out here to California, maybe take a year or so to get my AAA, you know, and start picking up some partners, start playing some professional two-man beach volleyball. Mm. Man. Uh, yeah. It, um, just to give you a, a quick story, to give you an example of how humbling it started was um, like my first time playing down at the Santa Monica Pier. Okay, it's the only area where you can come and sign up and play. Otherwise, you have to know somebody. You have to be, you know, going down there with someone you know, reserved courts and shit. So anyone can go there. My friend of mine showed me there. I go, I sign up, wait my fucking turn. Everyone's taking it forever because it's a fucking West Coast. Um, <laughs> where I came from, you play games to eleven. Next game's ready to go. Boom, boom, boom. Here games of 15, then they start warming up for the next game. It's like, come on. I pick up some dude, a little muscle guy, and, you know, he's pretty good. And I'm, like, thinking, okay, and I'm watching the other guys. I'm, like, okay. Tell him like, look, man, let's take it easy. First game was against a couple of old guys. Um, <laughs> one guy was 73 years old. and The other guy was 58. Okay, at the time, I'm 30 years old, 31 maybe. And I remember telling my buddy, hey, dude, let's take it easy. You know, let's not get – Spend, spend too much energy this game because, you know, if you win, you hold court. You know I wanted to hold court for a little while, get some good games in.
0: You know.
3: <laughs> well, little did I know that that was Bobby Barber and Al Luber who are in the California Beach Volleyball Hall of Fame um, <laughs> for winning the most uh, games together. Okay. Little bitty guys, you know, here I'm this big hulking dude with a high jump and I'm bouncing the ball out of the, you know, off the sand and everything. And they whipped us 15 to six and um and the game was over before I even realized what the fuck was going on I I remember I had Chuck gave me a beautiful set I went up and I was going to just bury the ball and the old man was right where I was going to be burying and I'm like oh I don't want to be known as the guy that you know hurt the old man there he is Bobby Barber um (laughs) and uh Um, okay. and so I tried to shoot it over his head. He sticks this little knuckle up and goes, and goes and, and pops the ball straight up. He's running over to the net and his partner gives him this little low set, you know, it's not high or anything. And I'm thinking, okay, he's probably just gonna barely go over the net here. And he goes with that same little knuckle, he goes, doink. And pops that thing right over my head. It's this close to the back line. I'm 15 feet away diving. I'm like, you know, okay. All right. So I'm going to next pass that I got. And he was in my line of fire. I'm like, Okay, I'm going to knock him down, at least. I'm not going to kill him, but I'm going to, you know, put some, put some mustard on this thing and just, boom! And it looked like he was waving high to somebody walking by, just this very smooth dig, over you know, huh. overhead dig like this. That ball was just barely down all the space. He goes, poof! And the same height is when he knuckled that thing, and he took that same little run, and he, they were giggling the whole fucking time, because they, <laughs> they're out there, you know, here's this big, boom! Boom! the fucking ball and they're just running around, going, ew, making a shot right over there in the corner. You're going to tuck it right back over here. No, I'm going to put a right out in the deep corner now. And, you know, same thing with this. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to cover my back line, motherfucker. You know, I'm going to stand right in the middle this time. And this time he gets that same little knuckle up there and just barely touches it. It drops straight fucking down on our side. Next wow. one I got, I wailed on it harder than I could ever hit. It hit that far out. Next thing I know the game was over. <laughs> and I'm like thinking, man, fuck, the, fuck this, you know, professional two-man volleyball beach shit. This 73-year-old man and 58-year-old man just cleaned my fucking clock. You know. Um, afterwards, he comes over. and He's like, hey, you know, you're pretty good. You know, you should uh, work out with my son. You know, he's a pretty good uh, coach. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, old man, go fuck yourself. Um, but I mean, that's what I, I didn't say that. I, that's what I was thinking. And I ended up meeting his son finally, who actually is one of the top volleyball coaches in the fucking world. Like all the, all the big two-man beach volleyball players you can ever think of. I remember going over to this place the first time I walk in. He's like, I'll be out in a minute. And then I looked up on the wall. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, oh. And okay, wow. He's the best. He's the best. And here I am. I His, his dad beat me. No wonder he beat me because his <laughs> son's the fucking, everyone's the best out here. And I just, I never could get a good partner. So luckily, I say luckily because if I would have been better at volleyball, my body would have been a wreck. Mm. It's already a little bit of a wreck now because of like 25 years on and off of playing volleyball. But um, art, as far as art goes, you know, it was the same thing. I came out here thinking, hey, you know, on artist, you know I'm going to go down to a gallery, give me a gallery. And they're like, who are you?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
3: Well, I see you're still living. And we only work with dead Artists. So that was one of, the, one of the, I swear to God, one of the galleries, you
0: know, it's like, Sounds I'm right. sure they appreciate living.
3: that. I'm sure those dead artists appreciate that, you know, fucking you know you guys,
4: you guys in New York probably have that a lot of people too, like uh, uh, going to the big city to, to to make it as a XYZ. Yeah. Right? You, you know what I mean? like yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just wondering like do you feel like the success because here's the thing about New York I feel like there is a culture of like you can be a New York poet and there's a history of New York poets all the way like from the 1800s that's kind of like hung out in New York City and you're kind of like living that life so New York is in a sense of the world in that little small community you know but people come to LA and they try to make it in Hollywood and Hollywood it's like fucking brutal obviously and it's like a lot of people you know, they end up like leaving. I'm just wondering. They, there's Dude, it's like, brutal in the
3: streets also. Well, yeah. They, oh, just, yeah. To, just to finish up with that. So, um, you know, I come out here try to get in some art galleries and like, you know, who the fuck are you? And so then I, you know, I saw the graffiti and I'm like, man, I want to do something, but I couldn't think of anything, you know? And then, uh, in 2010, when they started making cuts in the education budget, my wife shows me the article in the newspaper and I'm like, that's what I'm going to start doing it. all kinds of images started coming up and, Here's the funny part, you know, like um, there was a, a blog going along at the time it called Merrill's in Fairfax uh, blogspot.com. And that's how I originally started becoming, you know, knowledgeable of other artists' work and everything. And the, the interesting thing about this was you could leave an anonymous comment, which doesn't sound like a big of a deal. But what it allows you to do is to just rip someone a new asshole about their work and they don't even know who you are
0: right
3: which was the part where after i has been over and kicked in the balls with with volleyball here came the, the boot in the ass straight up in my ass is like you know i've been you know coddled and and no oh, you're such a good artist you draw nice things you know all up until that point and all of a sudden here i see my artwork and some dude you know coming down what this teacher teacher needs to fucking learn a lesson about this that and, the other. and i'm like going oh
4: well, that's the street art game, man, and especially in that period of time, like graffiti Bitch. artists were uh, way more hostile. Vicious, towards, you know. like quote, unquote, Well, they are given the right?
3: they were given the forum. They were given the forum. You, you you open up, you put some artwork up there, and you allow people to say whatever the fuck they want without even having to let them people know who they are. But you know what, though, I finally um, you know got a thick skin, you know calloused up and everything, and realized that you know what. Actually, he's got some good ideas from some of what these guys were giving me shit about. You know, when mm-hmm. I see some people hating on my shit, I be mean, like, oh, you know what? That gives me an idea because he's not seeing it the way I wanted to. And if I would have done this, then, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you, asshole. So yeah. when you can start looking at it like that, which is what I finally, eventually did, um, then that's when you start becoming a man or becoming a grown up, I should say, or become a man, a you masculine, you know, racist, whatever. Um, <laughs> That's when you become like a grown-up and, and, and about your artwork and about the, the whole situation, you know, because I then think- you start looking at, well, if, are you doing this because why? If you get someone upset, you know, what, what are you trying to accomplish, you know? And you start looking at things that way. And then it's like, oh, well, if you're pissing some people off, you're at least getting across to somebody. You're making some people think, you know? So I think
4: to tie it all back together about how the West Coast basically has affected all of us is that there's just so many different elements of different cultures coming together in los angeles just like new york you know what i mean there's like
3: all these proving ground just like new york it's a proving ground
4: yeah and then i think that um you know at the end of the day what i was trying to say is like whether it's like these uh you know gangster elements whether it's the sunshine whether it's just the street you know whether it's different artists coming together you know there are there you know la is like uh, kind of like known to be a laid-back city but i would say actually amongst artists is very like brutal and cutthroat too you know just like in new york actually. yeah it can be oh yeah and, you know yeah.
2: and, uh, so and I, I, yeah go ahead i think uh you know la new york miami i think one of the biggest issues with those places is that you're not just competing with people from those areas right you're competing with the world because yeah. the world goes to those places to show their art right if you're and the in world like, is
3: watching the world is watching yeah,
2: if you're in the middle of nowhere you know, you could probably walk into a gallery and be like, I'm an artist. And they're like, oh, this is great. You're, there's 50 people in this town. We're going to put your art up. Um, but you go to LA, you go to Miami, you go to New York, you, these places, and it's like, well, you know, a lot of these galleries, they have waiting lists of artists from around the world that are waiting in their show. And they're like, well, your art is great. We can put you in for uh, 2035. How does that sound?
4: <laughs>
3: the thing is, like, you know what?
2: And I, maybe I, you'll be dead <laughs> by then and it'll be great. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs>
3: The thing is, like, you you know, try to die soon, okay? <laughs> try to die soon.
4: Getting that, getting that gallery spot. I mean, like, a lot of people feel like, oh, that's making it, or you know, doing a a show at some place. Like, you know, people think, oh, I'll I'll feel legitimate after I do that, right? You, you know what I mean? A lot of a lot of people like think that way, man. And then you yeah. do the show, and then you're like, wait. I didn't sell much money and i still feel the same way but i did the show how come i still don't feel legitimate like you know you or for a dj like I, I played or i made this song and then a lot of people liked it and like uh you know it got thousands of fucking views you know i always like to ask my creative friends oh they, when they tell me their plans i'm like okay and then what and then what right and then mm-hmm. what because right. you know what teach always teaches me he's like dude as an artist man you don't get to retire man <laughs> you know you just you, I mean
3: you, you can you can as an, you, an you, artist as an artist being a public you, artist technically you cannot retire
4: you don't right. retire as an artist
3: mm-hmm. until you're dead
4: <laughs> you know what I mean so
3: and then that's when your career starts so mm-hmm. be, be yeah. prepared be prepared <laughs> you know? for that if you're prepared for that if you can take a full-on kick from David Beckham and right in the nutsack and get up and keep walking
0: you're good and David be Beckham may need me from LA. I, that. Something. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I have a, I, yeah, we have, we have a follow-up question. Uh, just keep, we there's a few things here that we, we do want to uh, get across to yeah. all the listeners, you know, cause we do want them to take a listen to your podcast, but we have questions of our own. So um, you said podcasting picked up because of the pandemic. That's our same reason for even creating the podcast. Um, how has then, uh, I guess, location played a role in the building of your podcast? And I guess, let me give an example of that uh, in case I'm not clear, is that uh, the internet gives us accessibility to everybody everywhere, right? And so, um, have you, in the building of your community, has uh, has a podcast allowed you to stretch further than you planned?
4: Want to answer, Teach? Yeah, um, basically, you know, we already have uh, our, you know, Instagram pages or YouTube channels or Facebook pages, and every single artist have their own individual pages, right? Think about yeah. the podcast. It's like, hey, man, let's just take a, a, one of the most recent episodes we've done, Colette Miller. Okay. She, had, she does the wings, you know, beautiful yeah. purple pink wings that and everybody- now planets. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah, that's true that uh, everybody takes pictures in front of, right? How many Instagram models have you seen take a picture of it? You know, families yeah. take a picture, of it, but nobody actually knows. Who did did the fucking right. art? And it's like, dude, don't you think that somebody who's been around the world and done put these wings up at significant spots for a good message has some insight into life? You you know what I mean? So yeah. that was our that was our actually our first interview, and it's like 120 uh, something episodes later, we wanted to catch up with her too, and we're, we're basically that's that's the point of the podcast. Like everybody just takes digital art uh, especially on Instagram as disposable you you know what I mean it's like oh that's cool like it okay and then it made me happy for a split second and then I just move on you know the thing is like there's if you want to actually know about these artists lives and they all have very interesting lives it it takes a very special person to put shit up in the streets for 10 years and you know my co-host is one of them basically too you know it's like what's the motivation behind uh doing this and also it's like what keeps you going you know so the podcast really allows us to kind of expand on the artist's personalities instead of just letting their art speak for themselves. While some artists, right, teach, they, they may not even wanna come on the podcast, right?
3: Yeah, and and uh, it's it's a it's, uh, shame because it seems like it, a lot of times it's these uh, graffiti artists or street artists who have done amazing things and some of them feel like they haven't done enough. Mm. And it's like, <laughs> The door, the door will always be open to everybody, you know what I mean? Um, but the last, I mean, we don't care if you're, you know, it's just getting started, you know what I mean? Like, um, we try to either find something interesting about who we're um, interviewing, we always do. And at the same time, help to educate them a little bit, as well as our audience. So, um, yeah.
4: We've had, we talked to all sorts of people, man. I mean, we've talked to like, for example, we decided to open
3: it up because like, you know what, if we just keep it to, you know, street and graffiti artists, we're going to be limiting it ourselves, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, one of our reasons for doing this is to kind of educate people and open other people's eyes um, because a lot of people don't even know to look for this shit. But once you show them, once you show them, they can't, they can't not see it anymore.
4: We you know what say. i mean so
3: sometimes all it takes is just that one little thing was like you know what when you're in an intersection you see that box over there or you see that sign look on the other side of it okay i guarantee you, there's always stickers there's something going on there you know and as mm-hmm. soon as you let someone know it's just that simple now they know to it
4: is you know i started doing this uh just taking a look at it when a lot of my friends like we didn't have a lot of like as much money or uh things to, you know money to go do events and you know what you can make a day out of just walking down melrose and like checking out the different street artists man you know i mean like talk you know maybe do some window shopping because you don't have any money and that's what i love about street art man and public art it's not just the murals man it's like okay you painted a big mural like to me that's actually less interesting than the guy that's fucking stuck a sticker like all the way across the country i'm like i want to talk to you like Mm. why are you doing that man like everybody (laughs) wants to paint on the big wall right you know get there. Uh, big image on a wall and then you know you can see it from a million miles away right but the thing is like the ogs of the ogs like chevre ferry they started off with a sticker man like i i knew what obey was before i even knew about what street art was man my you Mm -hmm. know because i would just see the the andre the giant shit around and by the time i actually found out about street art i realized i thought back on all the times i had seen that and i was like oh shit was it that one dude like that was doing it the entire time right Mm -hmm. and i would say that you start to see like a ghost of the person actually slapping it up there or putting the stencil up there when you see their art you know and that's just something i want to share with people because um you know people always say like oh it's really specific james like the type of art you like i'm like oh actually it's not it's actually public for everybody you, you know what i mean you just have to kind of like take the time to to understand the culture a little bit. And, you know, underground culture is always like that. It's like, why do people like to go raving? Why do people like, uh, you know, underground hip hop that's not on the radio. Right. Right. You know, it has a deeper kind of like meaning to it than the, just the general consumption of, Oh, it's good. Let me like, it's not fast food. And
3: also know that it's not all going to be great. There's going to be some shit out there, you know, but it doesn't mean you should stop or, you know, be judgmental. It's like, you know what? find the art that appeals to you mm-hmm. i guarantee you it's out there somewhere
1: sure i've also, I've also found yeah. that you hey. know, the
4: cool, oh, let me just finish no, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. the yeah cool thing about street art is that you know what the community is like not uh i would say polluted enough yet where that there's like uh you know corporate sponsors will try to come in and make it commercial and then things like whenever they try it's always like just some you know not they realize
3: they're working with artists and, and artists it's always, usually it's always watered, crazy, so. it's always
4: watered <laughs> down you know so the cool thing about i think about l.a gallery is like you know it's it's the community of artists for the artist and then like you know we've always just done a good job at not really focusing on beef between the artists or anything like that just being a documentary man because okay. this art is temporary you know it's all it may only be up for a day <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, then, and then it gets buffed right so right. Uh, depending on what area you're in so you know, our LA strike gallery has kind of been a hub for that. And, uh, it's a nice little, uh, platform to kind of launch other, uh, products that you guys like podcasts, parties, paints, and things like that too. You know, we want to just keep it in the family of the people that, um, you know, like they, they understand the scene. Yeah.
0: Right. I, uh, go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to, I wanted to circle back on, I, I feel like, a lot of the things that you had just touched upon when you're talking about things like underground hip hop, these underground raves, street art. Um, to me, the, the theme that kind of connects them all is this, the lack of a focus on commerce. How, how much do you feel that that feeds into it? Right. Because, I you know, did. you have these underground hip hop artists, yep, they don't care about getting their, song well they care about getting their song on the radio but it's not their end goal right their end goal is to make really great music same thing with the street yeah. artists like they're not going to get paid for the you know most of them not going to get paid for a wall but you know do you think that well,
3: is- that goes back to kind of what uh, james was talking about earlier with how certain artists uh they circle in and out you know like they, they come into the into the scene thinking oh you know my shit's gonna be great you know i'm gonna people are gonna dig me they're gonna want to buy my shit i'm gonna be up in galleries i'm gonna be kicking ass and everything and then when that doesn't happen, they kind of slowly, you know, drizzle out, you know. Mm. Um, but um, you know, when uh, when they can come in and you know somehow, uh, you know, strike a nerve, um, then uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to see um, what it does to them, you know, because. Um, you know there's guys out there that will go and they'll find a spot that has never even been thought of touching before and they'll do a piece and they won't even take a picture of it and they'll walk away mm. those are the OG soul graffiti writers you know what I mean they like to find these spots that no one has ever done before they put their piece up um, a god a g o d name that comes to mind virgin spots only is one of his hashtags mm. um, and that's, you know, that's, that's inspiring to me that this guy is, is trying to make sure that he doesn't hit spots that have already been found and hit. And then a lot of times, um, it's not even him taking a picture of his shit. It's someone else is taking a picture and has posted it. Right. Um, so there's, you know, uh, there's a therapeutic, you know, side of it. Um, Did but when it comes seen... to the, the commerce side, um, you know, uh, the problem is, like I was saying a minute ago, you're you're dealing with a bunch of artists, <laughs> and when you get corporate heads in, and they're you know trying to okay, we'd like to have uh, these six artists. We like these six artists, okay, and then you know all of a sudden these six artists, a couple of them think that they're you know better than the other artists, so they've spent more time, they've served more time or whatever, and so they they want to make sure that they're receiving more money than you know they want to make sure the money is right, you know, and it's like you hate to see that, but mm-hmm. It's real, it's it's what happens sometimes. Yeah,
4: and that's why it's like, I feel like, you know, understanding the artists and understanding the scene is like first and foremost of anything that you want to get into, you know. I, it, it's kind of, Teach just reminded me of something real quick that just happened in the news recently. Did you guys hear about um, how like uh, six people got arrested because they tried to change the
0: Hollywood sign <laughs> to Hollywood? Nah. No.
4: No. <laughs> okay Did not hear that. like okay so this, this this just happened to me yeah, I, I saw i that. saw that i laughed and i was like this is exactly what teach is talking about this is somebody new okay you know they thought boob let's let's change that you, you know <laughs> what i mean yeah well no you
3: know what they they were saying that it was it was one of the guys that were, were with them or whatever I was trying to say it was a uh you know um breast cancer awareness um you know, uh, stunt to help bring uh, attention to breast cancer awareness, which is a clever thing to say, you know? And they got away with just trespassing charges. That's it, because they did not deface. It was, they were just putting blankets up on it. So that's okay. why they didn't get charged.
4: So going back to what I was saying, is that <laughs> a lot of people dabble in street art real quick, just to kind of like make a, um, make a statement a lot of times, but you know, the, the people that have been in for the long term, like Teach, like uh, a lot of the artists that we interviewed, that, that's the one that we, the ones that we really care about, man. Because like we want to understand like why they are doing it, and then come from a place that when we have events, when we have podcasts and things like that, you, you know, we're not asking them stupid questions and things like that. Like I've I've worked with uh, large companies, and actually I won't say the name of this one, but it's actually they told me that teacher wouldn't be a good candidate to actually give a tour. <clears throat> Ah, uh, give an explanation for street art because he's been arrested before. Now tell me, that's like not understanding the <laughs> I mean, culture, like at all, basically, right? You know, much. you know what I mean. Like, do you understand what it is that you <laughs> want to learn? <laughs> you, you know what I mean. So, like to me, it's just, and his like, name's like, Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> like bigger brands, they'll come in and then you know they always have some sort of design because they watch exit through the gift shop and they're like we want to do this we want like a a big like wheat paste on the side of a building you know they have like an idea but the thing is like again they're using the the culture of street art for their own commerce like like you said jay Mm -hmm. i mean it's
0: appropriation and it's in its it's it's own right I, i
4: think the thing that makes it cool that you said is that connects all these underground cultures of artists it doesn't matter if you're a musician if you're a visual artist if you're a dancer i mean we congregate at these underground places it's like, dude, people aren't getting rich off these underground parties and things like that, you know? People, I mean, there are, of course, underground rappers that, like, make it, but they're not getting the radio play and the album sales that, like, you know, dude, rest in peace to, like, a couple rappers I want to shout out. Like, MF Doom just died recently. Uh, Double K from um, People from Under the Stairs died recently, Mm. man. It's like, if if you're just a casual hip-hop fan, you've never heard of these people before, but it's, like, the, the reason why there's so much love outpouring for MF Doom, man, is because his albums means so much to the artists and the people who actually create a lot of this art, man. You know, it touches yeah. people in a different way than, you know, you can find me in the club bottle full of bub kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, not, <laughs> not to say that that's not a great track right. moment in time, right. You know, right place, yeah. right time, you know, but like normally when I'm listening to something that I want to feel thoughtful and it's in the uh, rap genre, I'm listening to something like in the underground genre, man, you know, mm. it's not some like club, club stuff because i'm not in the club you know so yeah uh, that was real insightful jay and I, I i agree with you
2: yeah i used to i used to think i knew about music and then uh for a while i was designing for undergroundhiphop.com and i would have conversations with some of the people that work there and i'm like who what huh like, <laughs> what is it what person what and i was i was like i felt like i had just like learned about (laughs) hip-hop I was like I can't even have a conversation with you guys like and especially in New York man I
4: mean to be honest like a a lot of New York rappers like you know I didn't hear about Big L until after like he passed man because you know on the when when all that stuff was going on we couldn't really hear Nas on the radio that much you know maybe one song with Lauryn Hill you, you know what I mean but we weren't getting played like you know, unless you were handed like a mixtape from your homie who knew hip hop, man, you weren't going to get like East Coast shit. Like, you know, I was on Tupac Army, man. I I didn't like Biggie just because Tupac told me not to like Biggie. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But But the thing is like, to be honest, it's just like I had only really heard Juicy Uh, play on the radio sometimes it's like dude i I mean it's a great song but it's just like the separation of east coast and west coast was like a lot more when um when we were younger like different markets for different stuff is like it's real separated and i'm sure that's how it is in the art scene too and even more so in the graffiti scene i don't see Hmm. a lot of graffiti guys being able to uh, necessarily have the funds to go out on the go out to the east coast to do a tour unless uh you know they're they have some pretty good there are a few
3: yeah, there are a exactly. few graffiti artists that you know I've I've seen over the ages, and then I'm wondering to myself, damn, do you have a sponsor? Or how the f- how the fuck <laughs> are you getting all over the world uh-huh. getting up like crazy? And I don't ever see you doing any posts saying, you know, sold, thank you so much, grateful to sell this, or you know, I've yeah. sold, sold, whatever. It's like, hey, you know what? Um, that just could be their thing, you know, like uh they don't feel like they need to make money off of it. And I know there are some graffiti artists that are like that. They just like to go put their stuff up and that's it. You know, like they like the nod, as right. they say, you know what I mean? I like getting the nod, which is just basically someone acknowledging um, them for what they're doing. So yeah. I think so so we,
0: thing. Uh, James, go ahead. Finish that thought. And we, we have two things that we just want to wrap up with.
4: Oh yeah. No, I, I was just saying saying that I think like, Uh, The recognition from your peers is something that I didn't learn was so important as an artist until, uh, you know, at first you start doing whatever you are interested in because your ego, you think you're pretty good, right? You you know what I mean? And then you're like, all right, I just want to express myself, you know what I mean? And then you get to a point where you've expressed yourself and then you actually need the recognition from your peers that you respect actually. Yeah. Actually feel legitimate as an artist, man, or else like you're just an amateur so i was just saying that like that nod actually that teacher's talking about is actually a lot of the reason for a lot of artists to continue man they don't necessarily do it for the money they actually just do it it's like hey man i belong in this group this community i have respected peers you know what i mean so anyways that's what i was gonna say yeah
0: so we said his name and i guess it's only right that that we quote him now i said props is a true thug's wife right so
4: (laughs) i love that uh, so no I um, i was just wondering like um you know uh i always like to ask east coast people man like at any like uh uh which one of the uh west coast rappers do you guys like uh feel you know do you guys like kind of like uh feel man because like a lot of times do you fuck different. with as they say yeah yeah he <laughs> teaches up with the lingo you know because a lot Check of times me out. I, got, I gotta say man like you know west coast like a lot of times in the 90s man like the, the lyricism and things like that work a little under par compared to a lot of the East Coast guys, you know, but we had a certain vibe, you you know, like I said, that kind of like gangster lean that, you know, fucking weed smoking kind of like that. this whole thing, you know what I mean? So were there any West Coast rappers that like you guys kind of like tip your hat to when you growing up, like
2: growing up? Yeah. Growing up, growing up. I feel like growing up, maybe, maybe I have a skewed uh, thought back to it. I feel like I was exposed to you know west coast music um i did like you know tupac and there was definitely kids in my class that like tupac and it was yeah. it was weird because it was in the midst of the whole east coast west coast well, thing see,
4: see at first when tupac was came out here we all know that he's from new york though he yeah, yeah like a new york person also yeah. came out here and then was like what's funny is that on our podcast actually one of the graffiti writers actually uh, uh, met tupac when he first moved out to california and he tells a really great story on it it's the episode with fish one but um you oh, know God. so it's like he first uh came out here he was a new york rapper his flow was very new york man i mean if you look at mm-hmm. like guys like ice cube you know and things like that it's like they always easy people always joke those are like kindergarten raps man like you know the the rhyme scheme the flow it wasn't as intricate as a lot of, like, the the East Coast guys, you, you know, I mean, they were doing, like, a different rhythm. Like, Jay-Z was super choppy, you know. Our guys were, you know, just kind of, like, rhyming on the beat, like, old-school style. But the thing mm-hmm. is, like, it was just the topics and things like that. So I, I guess I'm just saying, like, is, was Ice Cube, you, you know, like, uh, uh, respected out there? Was Snoop Dogg respected out there? Because, like, a lot of times I feel
2: like it was, uh, uh, you know, New York guys tell me different. Uh. I don't know if it was a level... Of, I don't know if we can go to respect. I mean, to each their own? To each their own? I don't think there was any... I don't remember anyone being like, you know, I don't respect those artists. Um, I mean, I remember listening to Snoop, you okay. know, when Snoop okay. Drop. That, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't deny, like... When Snoop Dogg music, style, when right. we were younger, it was, yeah, it was like you had right. to survive to it. And I, I got think- a
0: fucking story about Doggy Style, if I may, quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the first time I got in trouble for drawing because I started drawing all types of ass coming out of a doghouse <laughs> because of the Doggy Style cover. My parents found that shit, and it got really weird in the house. <laughs> we,
4: got a, wait, we got a story to top that story, actually. We had, <laughs> we had Joe Cool, who actually is Snoop Dogg's cousin, who drew that cover on our podcast as like the fourth episode, man? And you guys gotta, you guys gotta go back and. Uh, Boy, and- you
3: talk about a boot camp of a fucking interview. Holy shit! James and I looked at each other at one point. We're just like,
4: ah, ooh. Now, now Crespo, you, <laughs> you got you got a corner in the back behind you, right? Yeah. All right, right. Yeah. there's a corner where the walls like meet each other, right? Yeah, like yeah, right yeah. up there. Joe Cool forever changed my mind on how <laughs> to look my at that view on how to look at a corner because he told me that when he was locked up in prison, he would see a corner and he would see two legs at a pussy like right in the corner, basically. So draw hair <laughs> so he up in there, like a, like a hair at the crack right there. So the gentleman in the prison would have something oh, nice man. to look at, man. <laughs> Okay, I'm just saying that this
3: That was shortly into the uh into the interview. Wow. It's like okay, how do we segue uh to something
0: not safe for work after that?
3: Anything else? What do you what do you got, James? Can can we talk about some fucking I don't know, man. That's
0: food. Let's change it to food. Sorry. right, now I want to redirect. (laughs) Quick. (laughs) Uh good idea. Since creating a podcast, uh has have you seen uh, or has it resulted in increased traffic into your individual endeavors
4: yeah uh, i'll go first i'll go first you know i dj shows and things like that and i would say like the street art scene is adjacent to <clears throat> the music scene you know the the underground uh, uh rave scene the party scene right so i've actually had graffiti artists like come to my shows uh, without even knowing they just say hey I, I listen to the podcast man i just want to come out to one of your shows and i was like fucking blown away man i was just shout to figure man i mean like uh it, you know to me it just shows like hey man you know you start podcasts in the future as censorship gets more and more man it's just like hey you actually have your own voice to express yourself and that's what i value what about you teach i mean have you seen any like uh increase in followers or uh people you know
3: I don't really pay attention.
0: <laughs> oh, okay,
3: um, but uh, you know what I what I have noticed is that it's um developed a uh, a little bit closer relationship with the um with the fans that I do have, oh. um people that actually put comments down and stuff and, and you know that actually you know it's um yeah it, it seems like it's um I guess it's it's basically another effort. In the art world, I was telling James not long ago that, um, another reason why I enjoy doing the podcast is because, uh, it makes me feel like I don't necessarily need to go out and get some artwork done, you know, to show that I've done something, yeah, you know, because here I am, I'm doing something here by trying to help other artists, you know, and by doing that, I'm also helping myself because I'm putting myself in that position, creating legacy, but, um. You know, uh, when, when we first got started, I never finished this. Um, uh, you know, I told James, you know, okay, sure. I'll give it a shot and everything that I was kind of worried about filling up the content because so that one podcast I'd done and talk so much, it only been 10 fucking minutes. Um, and so the first podcast we did was actually, um, the night before my second solo art show. And James came by the the gallery and I was just going to spend the night in the gallery. So I could have some peace and quiet, be away from the kids and the wife and everything. And, um, you know, he's really kind and considerate. you know, he goes, Hey man, look, I know you told me, you know, we can do this, but you know, I still, you still got a little bit of stuff to do. We can do this another night. I'm like, nah, dude, come on. Let's, you know, in my mind, I'm going, let's go ahead and get this first one over with this. I don't know if I can do that, you know, how this is going to go or whatever. And so we, we got started, you know, we just started chatting about how, it all got started and and the guy that was doing the the blog from the beginning or whatever. And it didn't really seem like long after that, that he was like, "Uh, okay man, that's an hour. And I was just like, what? Mm -hmm. I have so much more that I could have said and, and could have gone on for like hours. And it was right at that point. I knew I'm like, dude, I can, we can do this. We can absolutely fucking do this because if just he and I can just, easily, very easily, just go on for an hour, we can easily mm. do an hour with someone else. For sure. So,
4: And one of the things, like, I always feel, too, is, like, you know, um, like, when the George Floyd incident happened, man, you know, um, we had a podcast that day, actually, mm. and uh, all that shit hit, and then, like, we were, we, we were just going to come on. Actually, we had a guest cancel on us, because he felt like it was, like, insensitive to I guess, do a podcast that day or something like that. Okay. So so I was just like, okay, well, uh, we're still going to do a podcast, man. So actually, we allowed, it allowed us to have the time to talk to each other about the situation, man. Like, it was such a fucked up situation, George Floyd, that it's like, dude, like, everybody's kind of locked up in their own homes and, um, you know, nobody really has uh, anybody to talk to about. And, um, no I like, sounding
3: board, no outlet at all. Yeah, I felt right. like
4: um, a lot of people reached out to us and said, hey, that was a great episode, man. We started mm. that uh, uh, episode off with uh, uh, For What It's Worth by uh, Buffalo Springfield. It's a classic rock song that they commonly played in the 60s. Um, uh, a protest song, you know, mm-hmm. and then it was just like a lot of Something's people said that.
3: Something's happening here. Yeah,
4: exactly. You know, and that, that's it's just like it gave a lot of people of the ability to commiserate with us you you know it's just like hey it's not just me feeling that way it's you know james and teach like they're they're just dudes you know true like hanging out on the podcast and they feel this way too so uh you know that's what i I, i've been listening to podcasts for like i don't know over a decade you know Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just like that's one of the things like i love about podcasts sometimes it's just like if you don't have anybody to share your thoughts with if you can listen to somebody else talk about it it actually helps you expand your mind and uh palette on the uh the what's going on too so um going back to your original question like how is the podcast like kind of like increased um just our our brands or our, yeah. our avenues man i mean it just has increased me better uh, it helped me better as a person to i guess mm-hmm. like process my own feelings too man you know and uh and you know we have people that fans or listeners like reach out to us man and i think like you know it just like brings that like closeness to whoever you're talking to because these are people that listen to you every single week and um you know i have podcasts i listen to every single day yeah and i literally yeah. depend on those podcasts to get through my day you, you know mm. and uh, i'm glad we can bring some happiness to people and make people laugh and uh also help out some artists uh you know jump on the platform and introduce themselves right
0: on right on jay
2: all right so uh If you guys have heard any of our episodes before and if anyone else has heard our podcast before, we know we always end our shows the same way. It's a segment that we like to call uh, Copy, Collab, Erase. So what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to give you uh, three names. You're going to choose who you would copy, who you want to maybe copy their style, who you would love to collaborate with, and then one person has to go. Uh, Mm -hmm. So our three names today in our West Coast edition of the One Love Art Sessions are Dr. Dre, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Jack Nicholson.
4: Mm, mm, That's good. Well, I mean, for me, it's like F Murder Kill, right? But uh, it's it's copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's copy, collab. (laughs) And erase. And erase. You don't have to
2: fuck anybody. Yeah. (laughs) Like oh, that.
4: All right, you want to go first, Peach? Because like, uh,
3: um... well, uh, you said Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he correct. He can go. He's too fucking old. You know what I mean? He's had his time. I appreciate him. I love him and everything. He's got to go. You know what I mean? He's fucking crazy now. Um. So that leaves uh
0: so he's cute. and Dre and the no Peppers.
3: Dre and and. Well, I've already collaborated with one of the red hot chili peppers, Dave Navarro. So oh, yeah. uh we'll just go with collaborate <laughs> on them and sure to cube. I'll copy that motherfucker. Badass yeah. motherfucker.
4: <laughs> Dre, but there you
3: go. <laughs> Dre, cube, what's that's don't say it. Don't finish that statement. <laughs> finish that statement. <laughs> yeah. Um you
4: know what? I hate to be so unoriginal, but like uh you know, you know, I would say I you know, I, I would probably copy the red hot chili peppers more than i copy dre and i would uh, y- y- you know i'll collab with dre and then like i said I-, I respect jack nicholson for a lot of his older work man one flew over cuckoo's nest i mean it's it's like amazing movie man but uh you know his new shining stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly not but, gonna
3: hurt you trying
4: to town right i just watched just it gonna recently. bash your brains <laughs> that's a pretty good impression deech but uh you know you know i think i think like uh I would definitely I respect the Red Hot Chili Peppers a lot, man. Because um, I mean, they're just a very L.A. band, man. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, like everybody's picked up a guitar and tried to play "Under the Bridge" before, right? Mm. You, you know what I mean? And um, no, I, mean, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you try. Yeah, plus,
3: we uh, we interviewed Dave so a couple, three times now, I guess.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean to me, like uh, uh, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers as a band, man, they just represent. Uh, LA a lot man while Dre represents like Compton and and everything like that to me um, uh, like I said I would love to collaborate with Dre one day man that would be great but I I don't know if it'll ever happen I do I do hip-hop I do uh, uh, mainly house music these days you you know I've I've done uh, you know all sorts of music man but at the end of the day I think uh, like I said I, um, I just have a utmost respect for Red Hot Chili Peppers just because okay. uh, they're definitely sealed in the, the rock history as one of the ultimate bands uh, you know and originals rock, like. rock, rock music is rock music is I mean kind of dead these days man I mean like what bands are coming up that aren't like Imagine Dragon sounding dude you know you know I mean? well dude everything's been done
3: everything's been fucking done same with the art world you know what I mean all it is is just a combination of things that have already been done at this point
0: yeah, well sampling each other, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly, you know, and I think that uh, I'm not I'm
3: sorry, okay, I'm not, I'm not there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to come off like that, but that's just all it is at this point. Everything's been done.
4: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I think like that, that's a pretty good question though. I I like those, man. And uh we should we should start having like segments like these on our on our show <laughs> too, man. Like be more professional, peach. <laughs> like run, generally on- yeah, for us, honestly, uh, you know, it's it's so awesome hanging out with you guys, man. I, I love this show. You, know, you guys got to come on our show, too, and kick it, too. We got to ask you some of uh, our questions,
2: man.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. We we have – uh, we love that. Um, we love your podcast. Keep doing what you do. Thank you for making time for us. Um, and we sure. hope that we can continue to get your word out of your podcast because you two guys are awesome, um, and your guests are incredible, and there's so much to learn. Uh, so anybody who is looking – uh, to just learn more about the craft, learn more about street art, learn more about uh, the community that exists because of it. Um, you know, we're going to send them over your way. So
2: thanks. Oh, yeah, man. And, and if, you know you a, thanks, man. if you have any artists, West Coast artists that want some East Coast exposure, you let us know. Oh yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. We got to become an artist, man. Send them our way. We would and- love to <laughs> chat it up with, with people we've never heard of before. We're <laughs>
4: going to send you guys uh, some uh, spray paint too. guys. Ah, no doubt, man. Like, oh, I'm with uh, that. Like, we're going to, we're going to kind of, we're, we're, what we're basically going to do is we're going to give every single one of our partners a code so you could actually uh, earn per can that you're selling it with too. You, you know right. what I mean? So uh, we'll talk to you guys a little bit more about that off the air, man, but yeah. a lot of different things coming man.
0: Well, uh, um, whatever information you want us to distribute and share with our listeners as well, please feel free to send it over to us and we'll get that into to everybody. You know,
3: anyone, anyone that has been on any of our shows, uh, you guys are interested in, let us know. We'll
0: slide him a quick note for you. And- yeah. Shout out to, to Chris, because he's been on both of our shows. RWK, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> robots will kill.
0: Yeah, yeah man. That is.
4: Uh, you know, congratulations to Chris, uh, RWK, on his most recent Up magazine cover, man. It's yep. super dope. And it's got an advertisement to Go Spray Paint inside that magazine, man. So oh. follow us at Go Spray Paint on Instagram. And uh, follow us at PTTP Show on instagram and uh, you'll find all that good stuff there man my music's there teaches art is there and uh, uh like i said all that good stuff
0: thanks fellas well this is where we'll end up cutting our, our podcast but uh again uh i you know just trying to trying to make time for one another to teach you just getting off the road and james man thank you for being so responsive uh, i appreciate it for real um yeah, we're 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 youth we're the youth of podcasts compared to what yeah. you guys are doing right now <laughs> Um, well, dude,
3: we're, we're stoked to see you you know what i mean um not many people are are trying to do this you know what i mean like uh it takes a, a certain type of person and um you know we like to do anything we can can to help you guys keep doing it so yeah and yeah, appreciate and guys it awesome. like
4: we didn't get to know too. i mean we heard a little bit about you guys but honestly we'd love to invite you on our show like maybe in a, like a month or two or something like that just kind of like talk about yourselves too because you know what's funny? Like we actually don't get a chance to. I like I never get to talk about my music, which is kind of cool, unless other people interview me because the podcast is very like art focused. you know, yeah. I I, re- I release mm-hmm. my songs, but it's just like at the end of the day, it's cool talking about like hip hop and all kind of all this other shit too. You
0: you know what I mean? So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
4: it's really appreciate. Uh, we, we
0: realize that. I, so we've constantly been evolving into in the podcast into what it is, uh, but we've we've have since expanded and and we just our guests are just creatives. So, you know, mm-hmm. while our focus is maybe as uh, art, you know, uh, our guests are not limited to that. And we just, you know, poets, content producers, you know, whoever, whatever you're doing to be creative and to give to this world, something that we don't have. You know, saying, wait, this, yeah, is, this yeah. is definitely the, the place for you.
4: Are you guys yep. linked with the Up Magazine's guy at all? Just curious. Um, just you know, follow them. Okay. But we're not, I'm not,
0: yeah, it's not part of our, ne- he's not, they're not part of our network. Uh, I
4: know it's snowing right now and everything like that. But like I said, we're going to, once we, we actually have a uh, plans to shoot. Um, we have this idea to shoot like kind of like a, a an episode for different cities in New York and LA, just exploring the art districts of every single city. Mm, actually. That's cool. It's a shoot off mm-hmm. of the podcast that, um, you know, me and teacher are going to start once the weather starts getting better. We're actually going to shoot our first episode in Las Vegas uh next month you, you know i mean so uh you know i mean whether it gets picked up or not we don't really care we're still gonna do it you know what i mean yeah. we're gonna try to make it like super like anthony bourdain meets street art you, you know
3: what i mean like uh mm-hmm. um so uh hopefully we can- these days it's easy like oh, it's the amount of equipment that you need it's minimal and well luckily this dude in uh is good with editing and uh, as our friend mitchell um it's good with the camera yeah. stuff so try to keep it simple as possible and yeah when we
4: come out to work and shoot that episode i mean definitely we'd love to just like meet up with you guys and then like i said you could be in the episode and shit like that just to promote the podcast because yeah at the end of the day it's just kind of like a long-term thing of the, the podcast is going to keep on going you know it's just like yeah one yeah, series, yeah right so that's, awesome that, man yeah that's awesome yeah, man. yeah. That would yeah. definitely support you on move. that endeavor yeah and i'll shoot yeah. you guys the uh, i'll show you guys the trailer so you can check it out of, okay like, our idea of everything all
0: right Yeah, no doubt, man. cool. Gentlemen, thank you. One Love Art Sessions couldn't have been complete without the wonderful guests, and even more so, our wonderful community. And you, our listeners. We'd truly appreciate it if you took some time to rate and review the podcast. With your help, we could increase listenership and get these incredible stories and messages out to a greater audience. The music used in this podcast was created by Pound, a.k.a. Chris Lee. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. One love.